Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Rick looks to continue on his winning ways in Perth. We could, we, we could win it. It's simple as that. We could win this championship in our third ever year and we need to focus on that. The format of Barbagello gets a tweak and Murphy unveils a new look. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. One qualifying session for two different grids. It's the news from this weekend's racing as the Trading Post Challenge in Perth will be over three races in the two days, with one race on Saturday, the other two on Sunday. V8 Supercars have decided that they would hold one qualifying session on a packed program on Sunday with the fastest time setting the field for the first race on Sunday, the second fastest time setting the field for the second Sunday race. Teams will use the soft tyre during qualification and both Sunday races. Another change will see the red flag rule in qualifying get another tweak. If a driver causes a red flag with only one lap time in qualifying, they will have to start at the rear of the grid for both Sunday races. Greg Murphy has unveiled a new look Pepsi Max car. The second livery for the season for the team is designed by Sydney-based tattoo artist Jeremy Hessen and has seen a darker look to the Kelly's Racing Commodore. Murphy says he loves the new look and with two more livery changes scheduled for the season, it'll be interesting to see how the Pepsi Max sponsorship develops over this year. Will Davison has told the V8 Insiders about heading to the Trading Post Challenge in Perth in the Trading Post car. What an event to, uh, to get the Trading Post Falcon up on the podium. I'm sure it would mean a lot to everyone at Trading Post. So, uh, yeah, we'll be working hard as we proved today. I'll be giving it everything I've got. The team's giving it everything. And uh, as I said, hopefully we're only going to get stronger. I can't see why we're not, you know. You know, I've, ever since I drove this car, I've felt I really like it. But uh, I've just got to keep, keep working away and make sure I do it a bit more consistently. Round two of the Fujitsu series is set for this weekend with Nick Perkhat and Tim Blanchard out ahead of the series. There's still a lot of racing to go, though. Blanchard's teammate, David Russell, is looking to rebound hard after a very disappointing Clipsal. I think we've got the pace to mix it with these guys and I I'd, uh, certainly would make me very happy to knock off some of these um, main series Fujitsu entries, that's for sure. Rick Kelly is looking forward to Perth with the team on a high after race wins and a double podium. Enjoyed the race win. 
We've walked around high-fiving each other, and now it's time to turn that off and cement ourselves. Also, Kelly is in second place in the points and is looking to challenge for his second championship title. We could, we, we could win it. It's simple as that. We could win this championship in our third ever year, and we need to focus on that. And I mean, we're stoked to be in second. You know, we've printed out that points to enjoy but you know if we sneeze we're going to go back to eighth so that's why it's really critical now and everyone needs to see the importance here internally that we need to go out and get a good top three result or top five result from Perth to really start to cement ourselves in the top three that's what's important now nothing else is as important as that you can hear more from Rick Kelly in this week's White Flag Lab and finally the Royal Wedding has even had an effect on V8 supercars with Matthew White in England for the nuptials Aaron Newman will be in the commentary box with Scaife and Crompton. Noonan's Facebook post this week revealed he was not unhappy with the chance to get back in the big chair at seven. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Randy Corners to preview the Perth round. Then Richard Crail and Grant Rowley will join me for the round table. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. And joining us once again for his preview of the Perth round of the V8 Supercar Championship, it's none other than Randy Corners. Good evening, Randy. How are you looking forward to this event? Mate, fantastic. And a big hello out there to all my fans. Randy, Barbagello, can you tell us about that track and about what we should expect this weekend? Yes, we're really looking forward to uh, going overseas again, over to uh, to Perth, uh, the next round of the Without Supercars. Hey, but, but Perth's in Australia. It's Western Australia. Yeah, look, you might think so, but you've actually got to travel over water and so on to get to the place. And, you know, besides, I mean, many of the drivers in the Bay Supercar field don't look like they're actually from Australia. I mean, look at uh, big Garth Tander there. He he doesn't look Australian, that's for sure. He actually reminds me of, uh, what's his name? And uh, Colonel Clint. Yeah, Colonel Clint. And the likes of Carl Reinler. I mean, he's just a strange-looking fellow. And, and Dean Fiore, I mean... Man, I mean, that like, looks like a clone of uh, David Beckham or one of the Beckham's children or something. I mean, the guy's too good looking to be racing mm. race cars. Well, it's interesting because I guess the one thing about Barbagello, it's like the Middle East where it's surrounded by dirt and sand. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, Barbagello. I mean, what an unusual name in itself, Barbagello. Yes, quite unusual. And uh, the sand is a drama. The sand will be... Probably another big factor that gets windy and blowy over there, all the palm trees and all the stuff from the sea and area of the surround will uh, will blow the sand onto the track and we could have ourselves a, a bit of carnage again. 
Well, we saw plenty of carnage when it was wet in the last couple of races, but should we be looking for some of these New Zealanders coming back to the fore like we saw Van Gisbergen last meeting? Yes, yes. Well, young Van Van G, Van Van de Bird, Van G, Yeah, that bloke that you said he he's actually come to the front pretty well now after a bit of tuition and a bit of time in uh, Landy's motorhome. I've uh, managed to bring him up to speed, and he didn't let me down over there in that other where is it? New Zealand. Yes, that uh, he didn't do too bad at all. And I reckon he'll be running on a bit of confidence over there in Perth and he'll go pretty good. Just keep your eyes on that uh, young Kiwi. Well, Randy, what would you tell any of these drivers they have to do to win at Perth this weekend? Um, probably the biggest bit of advice I can give them right now is probably break later and turn earlier. Randy, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. We look forward to your preview of Winton in the weeks to come. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Speed Cafe, it's Grant Rowley. Good evening, Grant. Good evening. Thanks for having me. And from SBS's Speed Week, it is none other than a good friend of ours here at the V8 Insiders, and that, of course, is Richard Kral. G'day, Craig. Grant, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, and uh, obviously it is too much motorsport, never enough for you, Richard, because from Bathurst to Perth in a week, two very, very different circuits. Not wrong. Travel the uh, length and breadth of Australia, following the the passion and the job as well, but uh, it's a pretty privileged thing we get to do following this uh, sport and working in it. So not one to complain, and uh, I always enjoy getting the frequent fly miles up. Mm. Of course, Grant, this weekend, it's sort of... It's the new old format, although they have done a few tweaks. Yeah, there's a few tweaks in there, a lot of little interesting bits and pieces that we'll see with hard tyres on Saturday, soft tyres on Sunday, two races on Sunday. The only time we get to see a three-race weekend um, this year and the first time we've got to see that in a, in a long time. So, um, yeah, it should throw up some uh, interesting bits and seeing as we've had five five winners from six races so far in the V8 Supercars Championship, that is. Um, you know, that's, uh, who knows what's going to happen. What do you think about this three-race format this weekend, Richard? I like it. I like mixing up formats, and I think we've, we've spoken about that on this show before, Craig, that um, I, I think that this is one of the more diverse series going around, and we've got everything from 250k races on the streets of Adelaide of a, a single driver, two-driver, 500 and 1,000k races, uh, and just about everything in between. So oh, I'm a big fan of um, mixing up those longer races which bring the strategy element in and the pit stop element in with some short sprints. Leave it up to the drivers. Go out there, drive as hard as you possibly can. And, um, and you know, they're generally very, very exciting and, you know, the history of Barbagello is littered with great short sprint races. So 
I think it's a good thing. I think the more variety, the better, and uh, it's, a, it's a good thing for the championship, and I'm pretty certain it'll be well-received this weekend in Perth. Mm. Now, Grant, I'm interested because I'm a little bit facetiously uh, said on the run sheet here, will this format, three short 50K races, stop FPR from screwing their drivers over? Well, look, I guess it is going to because there's, uh, they're really... They, they'd have to be doing something pretty special to uh, to screw it up, and that's not just FPR. That's um, that's any team out there. Look, I'm not sure how um, how it's all going to going to end up. Um, to be honest, I don't mind the uh, the, the 200k races, um, but I do like the uh, this little bit of variety as well. Um, so, uh, and look, it works out perfectly for the uh, for the Perth anyhow, being a, a few hours behind um, the East Coast time, and with Channel 7's commitment to other sport, then um, this, this works out okay. So uh, to, to mix it up, I think it should be good. And having cars on uh, soft tyres, this will be the first time we see cars on softs um, for an entire for for a, just for a short sprint race. So um, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, great to see them thrash around just on the softs just for uh, just over 100k I think they're 120k races so we'll see how it goes Now Grant do you think that the Kellys can continue that momentum which they picked up in Hamilton and uh, Rick now second in the championship do you think he's going to walk away either leading it or closer to the uh, Mr Wing Cup uh, yeah, that's right. Look, you, you mentioned Jamie there. Jamie Winkup, he's certainly still the man to beat despite a, a couple of errors over the weekend at Hamilton. But look, the Kellys really impressed. They were they were very good. And not only did they do it uh, in, in wet conditions on the Saturday, but they were also super fast on the Sunday as well. Um, I can't, and last time we went to Perth, Todd Kelly ended up with a podium. Uh, this, there's no reason to suggest that they won't be fast and maybe not the fastest. I don't think they're going to go out there and set the uh, set any benchmarks, but um, let's not be surprised if they're um, very competitive within the top five. Mm. And, Richard, it's not just the Jack Daniels cars. Murph's fast. Dave Reynolds is fast. They've got four genuine chances at a top five finish. Yeah, I agree. And I think if memory serves, last time David Reynolds was at uh, Barbagallo, he was in line for a super result in one of the races before things went wrong. So he's got a track record of going quickly there. Uh, look, I, I think they'll continue on being towards the front. I, I think that they showed, as Grant said in Hamilton, that they can do the job in wet or dry, and they got it right for that weekend. Whether they're going to be the outright pace setters, again, agree with Grant. I don't think um, they'll possibly have that outright raw last few hundreds of a second that you need at a place like Barbagello when... The whole field, I would expect, in quality is going to be covered by probably eight or nine tenths. But um, I think these shorter races are going to reward racecraft and sort of car speed and uh, smart racing as well and, and keeping your nose clean. And I think that the experience that Rick and Todd uh, in the Jack Daniels cars have got and, and also the guys like Dave Reynolds, who's we know how good he is in a motor race, and Murphy's reputation speaks for itself. So I think... Um, Yes, they can continue their momentum, no problems. Um, whether they'll win or not, that's the million-dollar question that everyone wants to know. And I think that's going to be one of the interesting things to watch this weekend. It's going to be super, super close between probably 18 of the very best in the field this weekend right at the very front. So 
you know, you could make one slip up in qualifying, and if you're Rick Kelly, you could be on a bonza lap, and you could either be on pole, or you could be two tenths off, and you could be outside the top ten, and that's going to change the way your whole weekend goes. So, if they can qualify well, they'll be there. But I think they'll be quick. I think they'll certainly play a role. Mm. It's gas and go time. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Gas and Go on the V8 Insiders, and it is five questions, three minutes, starting with Grant Rowley. Which one car team do you think's done the best job so far in 2011? Well, I'd have to be John O'Webb. Uh, without looking at the championship points, I'm pretty sure he'd be the highest place to one car team uh, effort there and uh, to be honest probably the easily the most consistent maybe not the most uh, I don't know uh, he's definitely impressive but you know he hasn't really gone out there and jagged a, a, a super super result and I don't think any of the single car teams have quite been able to do that yet but John o, if any of them are going to do it then John O'Webb looks like it and uh, I think Tony D'Alberto probably needs a mention there as well even though he hasn't quite got a result in his new Falcon Last weekend's the first time he hasn't finished a race since he's been in the main game Yeah, you're right and I agree with Grant sentiments there I think John O's been the, the consistently the best but there have been a couple of real standouts Dean Fiore getting in the top 10 in quality in, um, uh, in Hamilton was a really good effort but the, the biggest issue I think these one-car teams have got is consistency. You know, they pop up in the, in the 10 one weekend and then find themselves 26 the next. So if they can string some results together, they'll be going well. But I think um, I think since about round seven or eight last year, John O'Webb started to show something really good and he's sort of continued it on this year. Mm. Now, which event do you think needs to be revamped like we've seen in Perth this weekend, Richard? Oh, I don't know, um, Craig. I... I don't like change for change's sake and I think you've got to build something up like they've done in Sydney and especially Adelaide with with a format that works and that's proven I don't know, I really don't know, that's that's a tough question to ask I think the balance is pretty good I'd like to see maybe one or two more sprint style rounds with a bit more on the line to encourage some competitive racing but you know, we've had outstanding motor racing this year and as Grant said at the top of the show, five winners from six races uh, I think what, 10 or 11 different drivers on the podium, it's been super competitive. So if it ain't broke, I'm, I'm an advocate of not needing to fix it. Grant? I think uh, all of our permanent facility races always should be looked at to make sure that we're dragging in as many people as can possibly get there. Your Wintons, your Queensland Raceways, your Barbagellos, what they've done for this weekend uh, will be good and um, will be interesting to see the results. I think what we've got coming up for Queensland Raceway with the Friday and Saturday night races, uh, which I believe are going to be pretty close to getting kicked off, um, that will be that will be interesting. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed it can it can draw a bit of a crowd and also a, a TV audience. So I think those type of events, the the uh, yeah, Winton and maybe even Hidden Valley as well, um, you know, those are, are the events that we should keep the eye on because. Uh, certainly the street format that we've got with um, 
with the Clipsals and the Hamiltons and those sort of places, I think they've got it reasonably right with the race on Saturday, race on Sunday. Mm-hmm. The night night racing's awesome. That's a great point. I forgot about that. Night racing's brilliant. I think we need more of that. I thought that'd be a taker for Sandown to become a 500 again. Hey, Grant, should the soft tyre become the standard tyre and the new and have a new softer tyre introduced? I don't know if the teams would agree with you uh, for putting an even softer tyre in. Uh, the cars seem pretty pretty good on that on their current soft tyre. Uh, going any softer than that, I'm not too sure, but I might be wrong. But I think uh, for sure uh, the days of the hard tyre are probably over. Uh, the days of the current hard tyre are over, and uh, this new soft tyre has proven to not only be durable enough, but also provide good racing. Mm. So I think for sure let's ditch the... Um, the tried and trusted hard tyre and uh, and spice it up even more and I think the next step is really for them to introduce it to the endurance races Yeah, well that'll be an interesting one Richard? Yeah, completely agree, I don't think we need a softer tyre I think the one we've got now is brilliant um, the results have spoken for themselves from the moment it was first introduced and you only have to see what it did to the races at Winton last year to spice up what's ordinarily a very very ho-hum round of motor racing, so uh, no, I, I don't think we need a softer soft tyre, but I think the current one's uh, a brilliant thing and probably go across the board. Now, Richard, what's the new AFL television deal going to do to the value of V8 supercars as they're about to go to the marketplace just after the AFL? Yeah, this, this is a million-dollar question, quite literally. I think we're up for a huge amount of change, and current wind's indicating that Seven uh, and Fox have got the, the billion-dollar TV deal for the AFL, um, four live games around on free-to-air and it looks like seven will have at this stage one Friday night and uh, the Saturday Arvo Saturday night game and possibly on-sell the Sunday games to Channel 9. I think it, it almost completely shuts seven out of going for V8 supercars so it wouldn't surprise me if we see a change in broadcaster. Um, whether it bumps the price up or not, I think a lot of that's got to do with where the ratings go for the remainder of this year. Um, their solid growth, I think, in the early part of this year. I know Clipsal was up about 15% on where it was last year, so that's positive. If they keep going up, they'll get good dollars. They're going to be looking for, what, 150, probably 180, 200 mil max, I would have thought, based on where they're at as a sport with the revenue that they've got at the moment and, and the kind of exposure they're generating. So... It's absolutely critical, but it's it's going to be the most important TV rights deal V8s have ever done, including their very first one with Channel 10, because it's going to dictate where the sport goes in terms of, of revenue and exposure in the next five years. So hugely important times. The AFL's deal is going to have a massive impact on every sport, NRL, A-League, right through to uh, V8 supercars. Grant? Yeah, well, look, that, that was answered perfectly, to be honest. Um, and perhaps the only thing that could be added in is uh, the fact that it will be a, a new owner who will be de- a new owner of V8 Supercars who will be dealing with this. So uh, whether there's um, some influence that could be placed there, um, I'm not too sure. But you know, uh, I guess the advantage that V8s have is that um, there are a few months, a good few months now, once the AFL deal is done. Uh, then NRL's deal will come pretty soon after that, and V8s have got a year basically before its um, its its deal needs to be locked in. So a little bit of time to make sure it gets its 
the right thing. But as Richard said, um, I guess all signs point towards uh, Channel 10 um, or 1HD, but there's no guarantees is there and uh, Channel 7 would certainly probably like to keep it if, if they can squeeze it in. Guess what? Here's a scary thought. Only Bathurst has to be on free-to-air TV. Seven keeps Bathurst and Foxtel shows the rest of the series. Does live or as live television coverage affect the gate at a supercar round, Grant? Interestingly enough, with the Foxtel and Seven deal uh, going with the AFL, South Australian teams are saying, well, we've got to get more money because when you show it live against the gate, we don't get anyone to turn up. Is that the same sort of thing that happens with V8s? Yeah, look, I'm not sure. I can only think from my own personal experience as a punter going to the track uh, before someone else paid for me to go to a racetrack like I do now, which is pretty cool too. But um, uh, I think, you know, if I was going to if I was going to a racetrack, I was going regardless of television. And if I wasn't able to go to the track, I'd be watching it on TV. So uh, I think, I don't know, I usually make up my mind. I go to events that um, that I want to go to. And uh, and yeah, that's that's about it. And I, I don't know what uh, how other people think about it. But there might be a uh, there might obviously a percentage of people out there who uh, who would think of that and uh, make their decisions there. But I would imagine that most people would go because they're going to go, or they're going because their mates are going, or or however it is. I'd, I'd um, I wouldn't think it would um, affect the gate, and uh, I hope it wouldn't either. Well, you're a South Australian, Richard. Tell us more. I am. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, look, uh, the, without going into all the details about it, the, the AFL clubs over here, and I know that the two teams in WA have, have got exactly the same situation, um, there is a, a great argument over here that um, that live TV does affect the gate uh, and, and crowds are down here lately. There's no doubt about it, and, and in Perth as well. Um it's an interesting argument. I don't think motorsport's quite so affected because there's less of it. A V8 supercar round in most states, in Adelaide, especially in Perth, is a once-a-year thing. So it's the only time you get to see them live at the track unless you want to go interstate. So I don't think it affects it so much here. Maybe Melbourne, it might a little bit, you know, for a Sandown, maybe even a Phillip Island. But again, I don't, I don't think it has such a role as, as, as it does in AFL footy. One option is to go the blackout route in, in the home state, so it's live around Australia, but if you've got a round at, at uh, Sandown, for example, Melbourne is on delay, so that might encourage people to go out. But what the AFL teams here are saying is we've just got to make our match day experience more enticing. We've, we've got to make it better for people to come out, and I think motorsport's the same thing. It's, it's as much an entertainment day as it is a day of going watching cars pounding round and round. So I think it's up to the promoters, be it V8 Supercar or the circuits, um, to put on a better show and encourage people to get off the couch and go, oh, well, we want to be part of this event in person. They need to offer things that they can't get by staying at home. That's guessing. South Aussies would go to their footy games if their teams were any good. I would completely and utterly agree with you, Grant Rowley. That's guess and go for an... rubbish at the moment. That's guess and go for another week. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. We'll take a break on the V8 Insiders and be back with plenty more right after this. 
Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me from SBS Television and Speed Week, it's Richard Crowell. Also from Speed Cafe. It just seems like every time you're on, I've got someone that's got speed in their name, Grant Rowley. But it's uh, Stone Brothers obviously are on a high. Do you think from the high that they carry from Hamilton, Grant, we're going to see Shane... Alex and Tim Slade, who I think had been out of Derby, probably the best of the three, although there's an argument that could be made that Alec Davidson's second place in Abu Dhabi would trump the consistency of Slade. Oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The uh, Stone Brothers definitely as a, uh, as a three-car team there are certainly one of the more improved outfits across the board. Uh, last year we saw Shane take a number of podiums and was pretty competitive the whole whole season, um, especially after he took his first couple of podiums. Uh, and then um, the other two cars, the Alex Davison and Tim Slade, weren't as competitive uh, week in, week out. This year we've seen all three of them go reasonably well, even though Tim has had um, a couple of unfortunate things happen to him, including uh, being caught up with the Irwin car in... Uh, the latter stages of Hamilton. I, yeah, I think that that, that, that together those three um, have uh, improved and impressed. And um, there's nothing to say that they're going to slow that down. And uh, if anything, having one of their teammates uh, go out there and win his first race is only going to inspire them more. Mm. Well, I'm going to ask you both for who's going to win at Perth this weekend, Richard Crail. Um, firstly, I agree with uh, Grant's sentiments about SBR. Great, great, great to see Vinkiesberger get up. He's just fantastic for the sport. The more he wins, the better. Um, to answer that question, Perth victory, oh, that's, it's tough, isn't it? But I'm going to go, I think, for Garth Tander. Um, I, he's more fired up out of anyone in that field, I think, having a, a local round back there. And uh, I think Garth will, um, will bounce back and we'll get a pretty big victory this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say Garth, only not just so I didn't say Jamie Winkup, but certainly one of those two guys. I think they're they're definitely going should be should go into that race as as the favourite, uh, and you would yeah surely we're going to see those guys take on the majority of the silverware over the weekend. Mm. Now, just quickly, I want to change tax away from Perth and say to you. I know uh, Richard's already had two trips to the mountain this year. I've had one. Grant, of course, we all love going to Mount Panorama for whatever the event is there. But do you think with the 12-hour, the motorsport festival on at Easter, do you think the 1,000 is has any detraction to it by having more and more races on the mountain? Uh, do you want to take I, that I, first, Grant? <laughs> uh, no way. No, no way at all. The more racing they have there, uh, the better... It justifies the cash that the government have put in and, and 
you know, fingers crossed they'll put more money into the facility in, in years to come because it still does, it still will need an injection to be tidied up. Um, soon the spectator facilities for mine probably still need, uh, you know, a little bit more, especially come 1,000 time um, where people are still, uh, still, you know, I, I don't know, I guess I'd like to see another permanent grandstand maybe on the front front stretch there that would probably uh add add to the um the uh yeah the big pit straight hallway as it is um you know jam more people in on the front straight i think the more people we can get on the front straight the better um so look the, the more the better and uh keep having motorsport there justifies to the government that uh that it needs the cash to, to keep getting bigger and better mm-hmm. and richard yeah, no, I agree. Uh, having been involved pretty heavily in the, the 12-hour and motor festival events from a media angle and, and sort of behind the scenes, I don't think they take away from it. I, I think if anything, they add to it. Uh, it's an opportunity for more people to get a chance to drive that place who otherwise don't get the opportunity. And 98% of the chatter at the 12-hour this year, for example, when Craig Lowndes was interviewed, was still about his uh, lap record, quote-unquote, that he set in the V8 supercar the previous October. Um, so everything that happens there relates around October and, and if anything it gets more talk going about the big race um, than perhaps if there wasn't any other motor racing there but the facility's got to be used it is a, absolute, for teams and for media and for corporates it's a world class facility and it should be utilised and it's a great track and when you look at there's been more than 500 competitors over the two race meetings that have been there so far um, this year, and I think that speaks volumes for that place. It's never going to be used every weekend. It'll only ever be used four or five times a year for racing. That keeps it special. But the Bathurst 1000 is the Bathurst 1000. I mean, it's, it's always going to be the race. I think if you had a race there every weekend, the 1000 is still going to be the most special thing we've got in our calendar. No yeah. doubt about it. Well, it's always interesting to get your perspectives on what's going on in and around V8 supercars in particular. And Grant Rowley, we look forward to what should be an exciting Perth Barbagello event this weekend. Yeah, can't wait. Hopefully there's a bit of sun there. And also to you, Richard Crowell. Yep, looking forward to going to the other side of the country this weekend. Should be good fun. <laughs> That's it on the V8 Insiders for our roundtable. After the break, it's Rick Kelly. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, we hear from Rick Kelly. Rick, a week or so after your win at Hamilton, can you talk to us about how you're reflecting on that event? Well, to be honest, there's, there's a lot of, there was a lot of hype around it in the media and um, a lot of really great photos um, that, that, we, that we've been able to look at since then and that, that was something I really didn't expect um, but, but obviously really appreciative of and it certainly does help you you know you sit back after the weekend and, and look over it and enjoy it because when you win on a Saturday of a, of, a, of a Saturday Sunday race weekend you really don't get time to enjoy it so a lot of the guys in amongst you know doing their work this week have enjoyed um, viewing the photos and, and got a lot from it and I think that's that's really good you do need to enjoy 
you know your better moments of, of racing and those are the the, the moments that push you through the, the harder times and we certainly have had a lot of them and also the win has given myself and the guys I think a lot more confidence as well because that whole race weekend was very tough and they did an extraordinary job in all the situations that got thrown at us so that's going to be really good for us in Perth um, in saying that I don't expect that to go to go to Perth and, and beat everyone by the straight length it's going to be tough and we still know that we've got some work to do to, to cap- catch a couple of the other guys and as per usual, you know, we're, we're prepared to do it. What did it mean to you, now that you've had a time to think about it, about being on the podium with Todd? Yeah, it certainly did. Uh, you know, the restart, we were hoping for a one-two, but at the restart I, I probably stitched Todd up a little bit with um, accelerating off the line quite slow, which was a bit of a glitch with um, the communication to the pits about telling me when the, the green flag was out. So um, that's all part of it, though, and, uh, you know, Todd had a, a tough run with the wiper not working, and... I think that was an amazing achievement in itself. So to, for both of us to have such a, a fantastic race result, probably the best race, race result we've both had for the team on the same day was was exceptional. And obviously to back that up the next day and have a, have a all Jack Daniels front row was extremely special. I, I remember being at home over Christmas in Mildura and going to mum and dad's office and looking on the wall of mine and Garth's car from Perth on the front row in 2000 and seven and looking at that image going to that special that image um we gave to the each team member that year and that is um by far you know one of the most memorable um times that i've i've had in, in racing and it, like geezer calls it you know an all jack daniels lockout which it which is what it was me and Todd on the grid and we've got some great photos of that and and that you know that in itself i think is almost as special as the saturday result you're in an environment where, unlike a lot of drivers who only see their team members at the race meetings or a few days before and after, you see them every day. How much of a change has it made in the workshop knowing now that you have had some success and stood on the top step of the podium? I have, to be honest with you. I'm told myself always, you know, when we, when we have team get-togethers, we're always saying, you know, thanks for, for all your hard work, guys. We're almost there. We're almost there. Your work's going to pay off. And, you know, you keep saying that time and time again. And, and you know, you actually leave that meeting and go, well, when is it going to pay off? You know, we keep telling our guys and saying thanks for, for your hard work and then we haven't delivered. Um, so it's awesome to actually have got that result now. You know, you can walk out the back and go, see, that hard work did pay off. We've got that result and now we need to keep pressing on to get more. So, you know, that's... For us, it's, it's the best thing that's, that's ever happened to us, um, getting that result. And, you know, the guys downstairs aren't walking around high-fiving each other. They're actually walking around with a grin on their face at the same time that they're putting in extra work to, to make sure that we stay there. Because now that they've had that feeling, which a lot of the guys in the team have never had before, um, you know, it's definitely driving those guys to, to, to get more results like that, which is exciting, you know, that motivation and confidence, like you've seen from so many drivers that pop up to the top, you know, it provides you with 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 sometimes long-lasting good results because of you know, with um, like I say, that confidence and. Um... And finally, Rick, well, can you tell us about the situation you're in now compared to 2010, and what's been the difference? The the racing side of the business has um, has definitely has has turned the corner. Todd and, and the guys in the engineering department downstairs have been making really solid decisions um, and well thought out ones and ones that take the future into consideration and that's starting to pay off now and and all the drivers and 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 cars down on the floor are starting to um, 
you know, see the rewards for that. So we still have got a little bit of a way to go. Um, in the dry, on the soft tyre, we can't keep up to some of the other cars. We're only about in the top five or fifth. So we need to work on that, and they're still all busily, busily working on it. And, um, you know, based off how they've been able to take us from 15th to 5th, um, I've got no doubt that they can take us from 5th to 1st. My thanks to Randy Corners, also to Richard Crail, and, of course, Grant Rowley and... Rick Kelly and says the checkered flag waves over in this edition of the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.